like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you
faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your Oh, I'm my
in this room. Isn't that an awesome thing? Jesus is in this room. The Holy Spirit's with us, leading us, guiding us. Last week we sang about Jesus. Here and now, He's just as holy as He will be forever, forever and ever. We thank you, God, for the holiness, God. We know that you are, Lord. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to fall on this place, God. Fall on each heart, God. Touch, touch each person, God, that's within our voice, God. Holy, holy, holy. A cry for revival, we must pray. What we talked about last week, we had to what? Humble ourselves, right? We had to humble ourselves. And we've been in the scripture of 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We'll read through that again. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and restore their land. So we are looking this week at we must pray. Now I know this, this topic is difficult for some people because sometimes it's just, you, you feel like it's hard to pray. You don't know what to say, but we have to pray. We have to, as believers, we have to have a communication line with God and we need to talk to him as often as we can. And we need to listen as often as we can when he wants to speak with us. And, you know, as we think about what revival might look like in our church and we try to figure out when it might happen, it can sometimes be, I guess, hard to wrap our minds around a giant move of God in the midst of our church and in our homes and our lives and our communities. And we just, we can't think because sometimes we think too small. But I, I want to remind you guys again, and I talked about this as we've been doing this series, that every revival that I've studied, that I've read about, uh, that I've, 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 I've seen, it all started with a time of saturating in prayer. It all started that way. You, they were praying, they were praying, they were praying. And then God moved in powerful ways. We must pray. So when we think about revival coming to our church and our region, I just I challenge you guys to get out of your small way of thinking and set our minds on the greatness of God and who he is. And understand that God can do whatever God wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Okay? And the, I think the reason we might have a hard time comprehending a revival is, is directly related to the low esteem or the lack of emphasis or importance that we put into the privilege and the practice of prayer. It is a privilege to talk to God. It is something that we get to do on a daily basis and, and we get to know that his Holy Spirit is working in us and through, through us and he's teaching us things. And it's just, it's a practice that we need to do. We got to pray. We are, if you look around our world and we talk about this a lot, we're in an emergency state of need for prayer. Amen. Corporate prayer as a church and individually, we need it. We need to pray. We need the desire put back in our hearts to communicate with God as often as possible. We have to have that desire back. We need to return to a time of expectation. Like, I don't know what you're going to do, God, but I know it's going to be great. Have your way in this place. Expectation when we come in here and return to just, just simple faith. We don't have to complicate this. And I'll go so far to say if, if we're not praying, and I have scripture right here to back it up, if we're not praying, we are sinning. If we're not praying, we're sinning. 
Samuel, 1 Samuel 12, 23, he tells us this. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. If we're not praying, we're sinning. Our churches across America have not always been prayerless. I'm not saying nobody in here prays. I'm just saying we need to all be on board with praying. We must pray if we want to see a move of God in this place. Okay? But our churches across America, it's not always been like, I don't really want to pray. We haven't always been this way. I can stand up here this morning and tell you I've seen God move in mighty ways in my life. I've seen some things that I could not explain other than it was God. I know you guys have too, and I don't think he wants to stop moving that way. I know he doesn't. I've seen a girl come into youth group with Coke bottle glasses and walk out and throw those in the trash can because she could see perfectly fine. I've seen it. I've seen the lame healed and walk. I've seen those things happen in my lifetime. And I was a witness to generations of people that are a little bit older than me now that would come down to this altar or the altar of whatever church we were at and they would pray until heaven answered them. They would, they called it praying through. (laughs) I was raised Church of God Pentecostal. And they would pray, and they would pray, and they would pray, and you weren't getting up until you got what you came up there for. (laughs) They would pray through until it happened, until something broke in your life. You know, if you had an addiction, they would pray through until you felt that heaviness and that, that chain fall off of you. They would pray through. They didn't worry about schedules. Time stood still as they prayed, and they prayed all the way through until they heard from God. It didn't matter how long it took. They understood that God asked us to communicate with him through prayer. And they made sure it was a priority. I've told you guys since the two years I've been here that this has to be a house of prayer. For God to do everything that he wants to do in this place and for us to operate in everything that he wants to do, this has to be a house of prayer. Okay? People in the past that I've seen as I've grown up, their hearts were hungry and passionate about prayer and they wanted to invade the throne room of heaven as they wept in the altars and cried out to God. And, and that's not really one, that's not, you know, some churches don't even have altar calls anymore. I'm not, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying they don't. There's no opportunity to come forward, there's no opportunity to, to go one-on-one with God and pray and seek him. And that's one of the reasons we don't see revivals like they've seen in the past. We won't pray. We won't seek God's face. Now, today, we're so impatient. Anybody else? Okay, we are so impatient. Don't be afraid to raise your hand now. I'm not going (laughs) to. If we can't get something to download on our cell phone real quick, forget it. Just forget it. (laughs) That's how impatient we are. If it doesn't happen within a couple seconds, closing that tab, I'll try something else. It's not worth our time. And we become so frustrated and patient when things don't happen quickly. And and we become these cold and dry believers and we're lacking the Holy Spirit anointed prayer life that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to be down on bended knees. We're supposed to spend time with the Lord. And we've lost our ability to pray In order to see revival come into our lives. And I think this this lack of prayer goes hand in hand with our lack of burden 
for the lost. Preaching to myself. Every day that I'm out and about in the communities, is I see lost people. I talk to lost people. You do too. Every day, we have an opportunity to help them see the light. Oh, Rick, I'm a good person, I'm an, and I'm nice around them. That's great, but there comes a time where you need to deliver the gospel to them and let them make a choice, whether they'll accept Jesus or they'll deny him. That's discipling. That's, that's part of the discipling process that we're letting people know the reason I'm nice, the reason I'm happy, the reason I have joy is because Jesus living inside of me has changed my life. We have to get over fear. All right? Be willing to pray. Pray for God to give you boldness to share that with people. And I'm not talking about screaming in their ear or things like that. Just to, to be able to share God's love with them. There's other things in life that will try to steal your time away from prayer. Can anybody name some things that as you go to pray, this steals, it distracts you or this pulls you away? Anybody? TV. Lord, just let me finish this next Netflix episode real quick. And then we start binging on it and we watch oh, seasons, whole seasons instead of praying. What else? Telephone. Telephone. Yeah, kids. There's a lot of things that try to steal our time away from prayer. But if it is a priority in your life, I found that you will do it. You will make time for what you prioritize. Okay. Don't let things steal your time away from God. If we want to see revival, we have to pray. We have to be faithful in praying for God to awaken up our church. Not this woke thing that people are talking about. I'm just talking about our spiritual church waking up. We need to wake up. We need to wake up our hearts to God. We need to wake up our communities to calling and conviction of the Holy Spirit. We need to see change around us. And we are that change with the power that's living inside of us. We want to say, wake us up and let your spirit move within us and help us pray. Help me to pray. And as we pray, we need to understand that God is much too powerful to be pinned down and held at bay. So as you pray, as you seek him, as you ask him to open the floodgates of heaven and rain them down, he's not going to be pinned up. Be ready. And what that can look like is, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, in the past, I haven't been able to explain things I've seen God do, but he did them. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. Don't be like, I can't believe that person came in in a wheelchair and they walked out healed. I can't believe it. We need to believe it. Amen. It should be the other side. I can't believe that that didn't happen. Amen. And not be satisfied when somebody walks out the same way as they came in. That's part of being in revival. That we're praying, that we're seeking God. We want him to release those things. So don't be surprised when God starts doing things. When this starts happening, just prepare your hearts and minds. To be blown away. <laughs> Man, God's awesome. What's he going to do next? I have faith that he's going to move. We saw 73 people come to the Lord at the altar on, on a Sunday. Yeah, we were expecting that. We expect God to move. We don't pin him down. We expect him to pour out his spirit and draw people to him. 
Wouldn't it be great if we did that in a church? Like, I don't surprise me. Way to go. You did it again. Woo! You did it again. And the aftermath of what God does is going to be a testimony to those around us. I know you don't believe it. I'm telling you at Walmart. I'm telling you about it. I know you don't believe it, but I saw it. I saw it happen. Even when my voice cracks all the time. I saw it happen. Okay? And they're going to be doubters, but again, testimonies will speak for themselves. Hey, there's that person right there. Yep, they were in a wheelchair. Look at them now. You can't deny that. Well, they just went away in a wheelchair for four years, five years, six years, 20 years. And now they just decide, I want to walk now. No, God did that. And that's the evidence of his goodness that we sing about. And some people say, Rick, I am. I'm, I'm willing to devote more time to prayer. I want to see revival in my life. I want to see revival in my community and in my church. What does it look like? How do I do it? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 6. Let's go there. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8. Now, don't get confused when I read this scripture because praying corporately together is important as well. Amen? You guys believe that, right? As we come together, we need to pray. A house of prayer. Uh, When we come to these altars, we need to pray. All right? But Jesus laid this out for us from Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 5 through 8. When you pray... You are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, there's an old hymn called, How Long Has It Been? And the song asked, How long it had been since you spent time with the Lord in prayer? That's what it sings about. That's what the lyrics are about. How long has it been since you spent time with the Lord in prayer? And that's a challenging question because some people will say, I prayed over my food three times. I prayed with my kids, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about a different kind of prayer. Stuff that's not routine. I'm talking about making our requests known to God and to pray without ceasing. And I'm talking about thinking about the last time you just secluded yourself from everything And you lost all track of time because you were in the presence of the Lord kind of prayer. That I don't have any idea what's going on around me. All I know is right now in the presence of God and he's ministering to me. I'm ministering to him and I don't want to leave. Those are the kind of prayers I'm talking about. We just cry out and we talk to him. The kind of prayers where we started alone in the prayer, but by the end of it you knew you weren't alone. That the Holy Spirit had entered the room. And started changing things and moving. Again, will we pray? There's a story I read. A fellow pastor who, who said he arrived home one day as a child to a sound that paralyzed him as he walked. And he, he just had to stand still and listen. And he heard this wailing and this groaning and the pounding and the weeping. And the, and the sounds grew louder and, and, and more, where they were more labored. And, and he slowly crept closer to the sounds and it led him to a small closet in his sister's room. And the door was open a little bit. And it was his mother, and she was praying. 
And she was praying, God, save my babies. Please don't let my children go to hell. Save my babies. Save them in Jesus' name. And he said, I can still hear those prayers today. That's the kind of prayers. When we shut ourselves up in a prayer closet. Anybody sit in the prayer room where that lady gets on there and starts praying? I wish I could talk like that sometimes. But she just prays and she just gets a hold of God. And I think sometimes we're, we might be timid in our prayer closet and, and, and just, but God just wants you to open up your heart right here and just let it out to him. And just be real. And just be with him. And if, 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 I won't say if, I said when revival comes to Orchardville Church, it'll be because we prayed for it. That we soaked this house in prayer and we were anticipating him to move. Me as your pastor, if I'm not spending time in prayer, I'm letting God down and I'm letting you guys down. I've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to spend time in prayer. You know, if we're not praying, we're actually probably straying. If I'm not praying, I'm straying. Because the longer I go without talking to God, the more the devil is going to try to lure me away from things. And try to get my heart and my mind with something else. So keep that in mind. In our pulpits, in our praise teams, and and I'm not talking about just here, but nationwide, can be full of men and women showing off. Showing off their talents. And I'm so good at this, or I'm so good at that, and I can get so many claps, and I can get people to want to just bow down and worship me. And that's, again, sickening and disgusting, that people want to take it to that kind of thing, where it's not about God anymore, it's about them. But I know there's one place that you can't show off, is in your prayer closet. There's nobody there but you and God. So all your talents and your charisma and all this stuff doesn't really matter when it's just you and him locked up in a closet talking to each other. We need vision. We need passion as a church. And both of those are birthed out of prayer. And and I'm here to tell you, if, if you didn't know, and I'm wrapping up, if you didn't know, prayer is available to everyone. We can all do this. We can all be a part of this. And if I called a prayer meeting tonight... Some of you are like, oh. If I called a prayer meeting tonight and you said, I'm not going to go tonight, it's just a prayer meeting, then you are an adolescent in your faith. Because it's important that we pray. Prayer meetings were pretty constant back when I was a kid. They happened, happened quite often. And they need to come back. That was an honest amen. If we want much, if we want to be much for God, how many of you guys want to be used by God? I want God to work through me and use me in mighty ways. Then we must be much with God. We have to spend some time with God if we want him to use us in big ways. Okay? We've got to be with him. Sometimes we don't know what to pray, and I understand that your, your spirit may be broken at times, but Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
And I'll challenge you with this thought too, and again myself as well. When's the last time that you had tears streaming down your face as you talked with your Heavenly Father? Or how, how, when's the last time you fasted and forgot to eat because you were overwhelmed by the presence of God that you didn't know what time it was? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You can pray the Lord's Prayer. You can pray scriptures over yourself. You can take authority and boldly come before the throne of God. If our praise team would come back up. If nothing else, I'll give you just a short thing that as far as, I don't really know how to pray. Well, start by thanking God for who he is. Praise him, worship him, lift him up. Start your prayer like that. And you'll find yourself where you can just keep going as you think about the goodness of God. Then petition. If there's something you're coming to him for to ask for, then petition. You know, the Lord's Prayer talks about us, uh, forgive us. You know, make sure your heart's clean before you're coming to the Lord to ask for things, but make sure your heart's clean. And then as you finish your prayer time, if you think about all the things that need prayer, it would be hard to shut it down in a minute or two. But I'm telling you right now, if you can only pray for 30 seconds, start there. Then add a minute on. Then add another minute on. I saw Dwayne Corbin, the director of Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, walk this sanctuary for three straight hours and pray the whole time. And me and Carlin were out there like going, how's he doing that? And he didn't stop. But he said, everywhere we go, I do the same thing because if it's not basked in prayer, it's going to be hard for God to move and for souls to come. I want to do a little illustration to close out this morning. Jake, come on up here. Just a look in. Mark Miller? You guys can softly play, please. I'm going to tell you guys something. Turn around so they can all see you, Mark. <laughs> These are both believers, they have put their faith in Jesus. They understand who he is, what he means to them. Both of them, these are Christians. Everybody agree with me? If you don't, just tell me after church. Which one has a better prayer life? What do you mean you don't know? They're both believers, but which one has the better prayer? We don't know. I believe prayer helps us lay the foundation of Jesus in our life. Now, we say they're both believers, and I'm hoping this comes across like I want it to. How God's dropped it into me, I want it to come across that way, but they're both believers, but we don't know who's got a better prayer life. We can make some judgments, but we really don't know. But if prayer is a foundation for our walk with the Lord, and it's, our, it's, our foundation is built on Jesus, prayer helps that. If, if we are believers, that are basked in prayer. We know as believers, how many of you know you're gonna face storms in life? They're both believers, but does that mean he's not gonna face any? Or if he's the better prayer life and he doesn't have one, are they still gonna face storms? Yeah, we're all gonna, in this world you will have troubles. We're gonna face them as believers. Here's the difference. 
in our prayer lives, if it's that foundation is laid and we are praying, we are seeking the Lord on a daily basis, when the storms come, then you're going to see, not that we're going to judge them, you're going to see who's been praying, who's been seeking the Lord. Because if Jake, let me go Mark first. If a storm hits Mark in life, and he hasn't been praying, he hasn't been seeking the Lord, he hasn't been laying that foundation with Jesus in his communion time with him and talking with him and praying and seeking him, guess what's going to happen to Mark? Fall down. And I'm going to know right then, he's going to know, man, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for what I'm facing right now. And I've been knocked off my feet. Now, if you are basked in prayer, you are praying to the Lord each day and you're Jake. You've been spending time with the Lord. You may be battered. You may be torn. You may be walking across the stage, really struggling to get through, but you laid the foundation for prayer. So, you know, I may be torn up. I may be battered. I may be hurting right now, but I'm still going because God has not left my side in the middle of this. I spent time with him. He's assured me he's with me and the anchor still holds in Jesus. Thank you guys. The anchor still holds in him no matter what I'm facing. Now, I, you guys know I've talked about this and eventually I'll stop talking about it, but this was the biggest storm we've dealt with in the last six months. The biggest. Man, I was on my knees. I was ready to quit, but I knew and I still know today that God's not left my side. And the only reason I'm standing up here and I didn't quit and throw in the towel and just walk away is because him. It's because of him. Because I spent time with him in prayer because I understood that no matter what I'm facing, he's not going to leave me. Saying this morning. He's not going to leave you in the middle of the storm. He didn't say you're never going to have to face him. He did promise though that I'll walk through them with you. I will be with you. And he's with me right now. He's with us right now. If you're in a storm right now, he's with you. But this morning, I'm telling you, we must pray. We must pray for, we, we got to pray in the good times. So we're ready for the bad times. You're going to have trouble. So this morning, as we open up the altars, it's just going to be a time to pray. If you're in a storm right now, you need to be reminded that God is with you. He's helping you. Then you come and pray. If you need to come, you don't, I don't have an issue right now. You still need to come and pray for revival to come into your heart and your family and your job in this church. We have things to pray for. We must pray. We've got to talk to God. So we open up these altars right now. And Father, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, they don't know Jesus as their Savior, Father, I pray right now you're pulling them. You're pulling them by their heartstrings, God, and you're letting them know this is what I have for you. Your past can be forgiven. Your sins, every mess up, every hang up, no matter how bad it was, can be forgiven in Jesus. And God's saying, that's why I sent him for you. He died upon the cross so your sins could be forgiven, so your life could start over fresh and new. You are a new creation in him. And now you're given eternal life in heaven with me because Jesus defeated death. 
And he rose from the grave and he's now at the right hand of God. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, I encourage you to come this morning. Find somebody, grab them by the hand and come and believe on Jesus and confess him as your savior. And again, the, the rest of us, we have things to pray for. Pray for your family. Again, pray for the church, pray for me. Because as somebody that's battled depression in my past, I have to stay on top of my thought life and let God keep transforming it in my mind. There's things to pray for us. So will you come this morning? Will you pray? Will you cry out to the Lord? Will you spend some time with him today? If it's just in your seat, grab the person's hand next to you. Pray, pray, pray. Please, church, let's be a house of prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
guys to hear something real quick about the goodness of God. Arch, Archie Butcher here. Just let them know what God's done in your life. Yeah, I want to give a praise report. Uh, I, had, <clears throat> I had real good news. Uh, I had a PET scan the other week, and my cancer is gone. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you that we can run to you, Father, and we can pray. We can talk to you, and we don't have to make it difficult. Just like we're talking to each other, Father, we can talk to you. Lord, I pray you give us a burden to do that, that we would seek you, Father, as we start our day. And Lord, we'd say little prayers throughout our day. And Father, we'd see your hand and things in our life. And Father, before we go to bed, we pray and we seek your face before we lay to sleep, Father. Lord, give us this burden to pray, to talk to you, to communicate with you, Father. Make this place a house of prayer. I praise you. I thank you for moving. I thank you for touching. I thank you for healing. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for who you are, God. Lord, forgive me for anything, Father, that I may have said or done that that goes against you, Father. Lord, I want to die to the flesh and be led by your spirit, each one of us in here, God. I just praise you and I thank you for your goodness. You are a great God and you do great things. And you still want to do those things today as evidence of testimonies of your healing, God. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise.